the Now That We're a Family podcast. I'm so excited to introduce you to Sarah Molitor. You might know her as Modern Farmhouse Family on Instagram. She's been married to her husband, Tim, for 12 years, and she has five incredible little boys, and she's actually pregnant as we record this with her sixth she's about to pop like a couple more weeks. So <laughs> super excited. She's on here with me today. She just released her first children's book called I Grew With You. And so today I'm just really excited to dive into both the practical and kind of some big picture concepts surrounding motherhood from a mother that's further ahead. So thank you, Sarah, so much for jumping on here with me. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I'm super excited too. From the moment I met you and saw all your little stair step pictures, one, it totally threw me back to when we used to all match and stand in a line uh, until, you know, people started getting out of height order, right? We all started (laughs) getting messed up that way. Um, But yeah, and then I was like, oh, wow, here's someone who still has joy in motherhood, who's still connected to her husband. Not that there's not hard times in in all of our lives with relationships, but I just really admire the way that you do motherhood. So I'm excited to just learn from you today. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. So I want to start out. I know you get this question a lot, so I just want to clear the air here a little bit. Did you and Tim know from the beginning that you wanted a big family? How did that kind of happen for you guys? You know, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't think I specifically remember ever having like this conversation of how many kids are we going to have? We're going to have a big family. He came from a family of six. I'm from a family of four. So I think we both kind of innately knew that, yes, we're going to have several kids, but there was never a specific number we were shooting for. Uh-huh. And as we've had our boys, I mean we've just kept having them. (laughs) So, and you know, I mean, we obviously address that in between each one, like, how are we doing? And, and there were some trying times earlier on and where we really had to reevaluate like, okay, if we're going to keep having kids, what's that going to look like in our marriage? What's that going to look like in our communication? Um, But I think once we kind of got in sync and in step, I would say around like child number three, then since then it's really honestly, as smooth as it can be with this many kids, it's felt pretty smooth in each transition. Well, that's good to hear. That's encouraging. (laughs) I think think people think, oh, there's this compounding effect of complexity, which in one hand, that's true. But I think you also do get better at it and more efficient. And I don't know. And and you get little helpers. They grow up, you know, they don't all stay babies. So they keep growing up and they become helpers and all of those dynamics help. Yeah. Well, that's a testament to your parenting. So (laughs) that's good to hear though. Uh, So what does motherhood look like for you right now? I mean, you know, you've got a book, you've got a husband doing his stuff, you're working. What all does that look like? Yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I don't feel like it looks too different. Maybe a few extra grunts and moans along the way right now as we're finishing up this pregnancy. But I, where we're in summer right now, you know, I feel like our routine and our daily structure is a little bit less and a little bit looser than it used to be. But I'm really embracing the season of like, just getting some intentional time with each boys, getting to just watch them play and be best friends and brothers. And that doesn't negate the fact that there's also the other side of that. But I think this is kind of a slower season for us in terms of parenting, but then it's kind of a busier season for us in terms of working and, you know, getting things done. So, yeah, I was going to say just, just watching your life where, you know, you see it in 15 seconds increments, right? So I know there's so much more going on beyond the scenes. And I'm like, there's still a lot going on with your family. So that's that's good to hear you're like in a flow. And are you still probably not during the summer, but are you homeschooling your boys? 
Yes. So Jude and Hudson. Um, so this will be my fourth year homeschooling going into this fall, which I'm really excited about. And Jude and Hudson, Jude will be going into third grade. Hudson will be going into second grade. And now Chase, our third boy, will be joining us in kindergarten this year. So he is like over the moon excited about that. I'm really excited too, um, just kind of adding him in and getting a new dynamic in there. But in terms of like summertime, we more do supplemental activities. There's nothing really formal. I think I had really high hopes. I had like bought some like summer curriculum and I was like, oh yeah, we're going to do this. We are going to get through it. And then I was like, I know. Okay. We're just going to get to the baby and then we're going to go from there. Yeah. No joke. You like kind of operate. I mean, at least me with my four, I feel like I've operated with like the terms of like, okay, this is what's going to happen before baby. This is what's going to happen after baby. And you kind of pace your life off of that more than like spring, summer, fall, winter. Exactly. Oh man. I love that. So what is one moment in your motherhood journey that you feel like defined you in some way or changed you in some way? Yeah, you know, I mentioned earlier how we, when we transitioned to our third child, we kind of got in a better sync and a better rhythm in terms of our marriage. But before mm-hmm. that, I remember having our first, you know, you're a new mom, mm-hmm. everything's very new. Then you have your second, and then it's like, oh my goodness, I have to manage two little kids. I have to manage two needs, you know, and they're very different needs. And then on top of that, you, you tack on your marriage and you're like, okay, and I have to manage that too. And that was really the moment for me where I realized I was not being a good manager of all those things. Mm-hmm. And, and, and on top of that, there were a lot of emotional dynamics. I didn't live near my family. I really wanted to live near my family. Mm-hmm. I still was missing home. I just hadn't dealt with a lot of those things that probably had happened even starting with our marriage. And so it kind of came to a culmination point where I was feeling pretty lonely. I was feeling pretty desperate and I was kind of digging myself into this introverted hole and it was going down. It wasn't, I wasn't digging myself up. And there was a time when I remember very specifically after having our second child about three months in, I called my mom and I just was like, I, I'm so frustrated. I'm so fed up. He gets to leave the house. I have to stay home. I don't know, you know, and I expected this like you know, mom response, like, Oh, honey, you're doing great. You just keep, he's, you know, you're in the right. And instead my dad got on the phone. (laughs) It's never a good thing. Like when your dad gets on the phone and he was basically like, listen here, bucko, like you need to buck up a little bit. And he just relayed a couple stories in the Bible to me of um, just really embracing the season you're in and embracing the, the area you're in, even like town wise and just squeezing the blessing out of that. And I walked away from that phone call determined to do better. And so it, you know, it started small, like lots of forgiveness and I'm sorry for this is the way I've been acting. And after that, we really saw a shift in our marriage, which trickled down. And I saw a shift in my motherhood and a shift in how I parented and began to really feel like I'm a mother, I can do this and I'm equipped to do this and Lord help me do this. Wow. That is so cool. I love that tough love. I've definitely had moments where I've called my parents and you're expecting just like, I need a shoulder to cry on. And instead they give you what you need, which is just that tough love. And I love that because I think it's really, I don't know, it's a big part of our culture right now to be that shoulder to cry on. And for people, and even though that's encouraging, you know, we do need that sometimes. Sometimes we just need this, like, you got this, 
stop pity partying, you know? And I also love just how you brought out that element of structure that we see in scripture, which is God first, then our marriage, then our kids. Sometimes it can seem backwards if we're like having a hard time with our motherhood to focus on our marriage. It seems like, oh my goodness, you know, that should be on the back burner. But then what it does trickle down when we follow that order. Absolutely. I love that. And what's something that you feel like, um, probably a lot of things, but what's something that you feel like you and Tim connect on or a way that you kind of prioritize your marriage in, in seasons of just childbirth and all these different things? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for us, and it sounds so cliche, but it's communication. But one thing specifically that we kind of started once we got into that rhythm and routine was... Um, and I think maybe even my sister suggested it. I don't even think she had kids at the time, but she would like suggested it. And we took it on was like every Sunday night. What I think what was frustrating for me was like, you have all these plans and you're not telling me, or you have this week and I I don't know what's going on. And so Mm -hmm. as I'm sitting home caring for kids, I'm feeling out of the loop. I'm not feeling like I'm a part of anything. And so we began to sit down on Sunday nights and just say like, Hey, like, what does your week look like ahead of you? Like, is there anything going on? Do you have anything big happening? Did you have anything you want me to put on the calendar? Like that you committed to. And once I felt like I had a connection with what he was doing during his weeks, even at work, not that I need to know every detail. I don't need to like be a monitor over him, but just kind of feeling like I'm a part of that. And him even feeling like he's a part of like, Oh, you have an appointment this week. Great. Like, do you need me for anything for that? Once we did that, I saw a huge turnaround in our marriage. And what started as communication, you know, again, trickles down into like everything else, whether it's intimacy or other parts of your relationship, it just made us tighter and it made us better. And it made us a little more well-oiled when we would sit down and make those points to be a part of each other's weeks and lives. I love that so much. I feel like we had something similar in our life. We call it the dots because basically... I was micromanaging Elisha basically because I was getting really, you guys, you guys can probably hear Lauren's actually waking up in the background, but we're just going to roll with it. Elisha's here. So I'll I'll get him. But I was micromanaging Elisha's life because I like wanted to be a part of it so much. Yes. yes. And I just felt really like left out and, but he didn't feel trusted or respected because it seemed like I was second guessing everything he was doing. And so we still, we have a paper on our fridge and it's a series of like, 10 different dots. And we both write down what our priorities are for the week, kind of discuss them together. And I then love that. can see as we're kind of filling them in, but it keeps us on the same page and makes us ultimately feel like a team. And I think that's what we're doing. Yes, and, and that is really what it is. You nailed it. And I love your dot idea. That's such a good idea. Cause then it's also for people who need a visual, like yeah. it's not just like in your phone all the time, but like that really helps. I love that. Uh, I love that too. So what is something that you've had to work to overcome? I feel like you kind of touched on that, but is there anything else that you feel like, you know, stands out as something that you've had to work through? Yeah. I mean, I would for sure say I, I tend to be a stronger personality as a wife. And like you were touching on with the micromanaging, I tend to want to tie, I mean, like women in general, right? Like we have this kind of overarching need to like control all the pieces and puppet everything that's going on. And, you know, and what, and ultimately what that led to, like you were saying was insecurity in our marriage for both of us, Yeah. but also what it led to was me not trusting Tim to be the leader and me not trusting him to make wise decisions for our home and our marriage and our kids. And when I 
started to let that go. I mean, I feel like it's a daily thing. I'm oh, still yeah. like working oh, yeah. on it all the time. <laughs> you don't arrive. <laughs> Yeah. But when I started to let that go in that process and even just asking forgiveness for that, like, will you just forgive me for trying to handle everything and control you and all these different things? That's when I really saw the freedom. And isn't that just like the opposite what you're saying of our culture, like letting go equals freedom, where like our culture preaches like, hold on, hang tight, control your own destiny, you know, things like yeah, that. Yeah. But it's just it's opposite of what God has for us and what he wants for us. He's in the kitchen cooking with you today. You know, it doesn't really have the same vibe as when I do it with all seven of my other sisters, but... If you haven't heard of Kay's in the Kitchen, it's a cooking show that I started with seven of my sisters and we've turned it into a fun way to learn new recipes and cook together with your family. Just the dinner table, sitting around the dinner table, <laughs> dinner table was so big for my family and just building relationship. And a big part of that was food. I don't love to cook, but I know that it really blesses my family. And so one way to make this more fun was to learn with my sisters how to take some incredible recipes and learn to cook together. So I wanna encourage you to go to nowthatwe'reafamily.com and check out Kay's in the Kitchen. It's a fun cooking program that you can use to build a relationship with your daughter learning to cook, with your boys, as siblings. It doesn't really matter. We just wanna get your family in the kitchen and seated around the dinner table enjoying an incredible meal. So head over to Kay's in the Kitchen and you can get 10% off, it's like the lucky number, by putting the code podcast over at Now That We're a Family. I love that you touched on that because our listeners will totally relate. They've heard my story and I feel like we have a lot in common with those strong personalities. And it's just cool to hear that there is freedom from that and you could still be, it's, yeah, it's wonderful to be strong and our husbands value our opinions and want them if it's all presented in the right way. And so I just really love that there's like, one, yeah, it's worth asking forgiveness for. It's it's not something that we need to just stand in and be like, well, I'm strong. So this is how I do things. You know, it's like, and just that after that heart change, there's so much freedom in that. And so that's encouraging. Yeah, there was something, there was something Tim would always say to me. And, you know, at first I would just kind of sneer and bite back. But then I saw like, gosh, that's really like a point of contention. And he would say, well, you're going to win because you just won't let up. Like you won't stop until you win. And I like, oh my goodness, talk about like heart sinking. <laughs> like I just, and I don't, I don't want to, it's not about winning in marriage. And mm -hmm. I especially don't want to win for the sake of winning just because my ego and my stubbornness won't let up. Like I want to, I want it to be a win for both of us because our hearts are both tuned towards that, you know? So oh, I'm just so encouraged just listening to you. Thank you. I'm encouraging myself yeah. every day. <laughs> That's so good. So jumping towards the kids here, what is something that you do to build relationship between your boys? Because I think this is something like I grew up being good friends with my siblings. Obviously, like fights happened. Yeah, like we we're a family of girls. We fought over clothes all the time. And so, but like, what is something like with the boys that, you do maybe, maybe it's even like not necessarily, um, that intentional. It just kind of happened, but you know, one way that they build relationship. 
Um, a couple things I can think of offhand. Like one, I'm a big advocate for sharing rooms. I think it builds this like sibling bond. And I mean, like you said, for us, kids are kids. Like they're going to argue. There's going to be moments. But I, what I've noticed over the years as we've transitioned like a new kiddo into when a baby comes, you know, transition this kiddo in with this kiddo and this one's going to switch with this one is that all of a sudden, if one's gone, they're like, oh, I really miss him. Like I really rely on him. And I, I start to see even in the middle of the points where they're not getting along, that there's just a reliance on each other as friends and not just as brothers, that they, they love that friendship they have. So maybe inadvertently, um, but I, I almost think that even if I had all the space in the world, I think I would still have my boys share a room just because it's building that bond and that friendship. Even in those evening moments when they're quiet and they're just listening to a CD together, it just, you know, they're, they're together and they can chat with each other. And I just think even from a young age, there's a lot of like, there's just a lot of good in that. Yeah. And, but, and probably, and maybe something more intentional that I do, maybe because that's a little less intentional, um, is sometimes when I have to run an errand, like usually I'm taking all of the kids, but if there's a time when Tim's home and I'm running an errand, I'll just say, okay, I'm taking two of you. Who's going with me? And the first two to raise their hand, get to go with mommy to run this one little errand. And the cool thing is, is sometimes it's, you know, my seven-year-old and my two-year-old. Sometimes they're the first to raise their hand and I wouldn't normally pair them up. But all of a sudden you get them in the car and you hear them chatting different ways than they do with their older brother, or their usual buddy. And it's so fun to see. And then what I'll do is I'll come home and I'll say, okay, the next time it's the other two, you know, and we'll switch off. And I just, I love kind of rotating in into different dynamics of siblings because then you see a whole different side of each of them, which is really fun. That is so sweet. And that's one thing that I do love about big families and just in general, maybe like a homeschool environment, you could do this in any kind of family or environment, but getting the older, not segregating by age. So getting, you know, smaller kids to hang out with older kids, whether that's having a family over for dinner or, you know, a play date at the park with kids that aren't the same age. I just love that because I think it pulls out this different dynamic and helps kids relate more with adults and with younger children and get outside themselves a little more and be like, how can I make this a win for that other person? So I love that so much. Yeah, I want my older boys to know, you know, in terms of like saying like a baby's coming, I want my older boys just as much to care and be compassionate on the baby as I'm training the younger ones to be gentle and touch nicely and all those things, you know? And, And I think ultimately, especially raising little boys, you know, like, you want to raise them to be kind, compassionate men, not just this. Thank you. I think all that builds in. So yeah, I love doing that. No, I, I just love that, that intentional mixing. And then some of my husband and my best memories growing up were that carefree, timeless element of just laying in bed. And it's like, well, the person next to you or you know, in the same room, they're, they're the only ones there. And so you're going to chat or you're going to, like you said, listen to story tapes and just build those shared memories, which is really special. Is there anything that you guys do all as a family that you feel like cultivates like family culture or just, you know, that those carefree, timeless memories? Yeah. Well, one thing we've been implementing, and I don't know if it's as carefree, but the boys just love it is we started, oh gosh, I want to say like seven or eight months ago, we started our family store. And that has been a really 
fun. Like it's fun for me. It's fun for Tim. It's fun for the boys. And basically how it works is the boys have virtual coins and they can earn these virtual coins around the house. Like however that looks, whether it's making your bed, you know, that's like one coin or unloading the dishwasher, or maybe I just like see them doing something really kind. And I'm like, Hey, I just want to give you four coins because I really appreciated how you got your baby brother's milk and helped him out of bed this morning, you know, whatever it is. And then at the end of the month, they, they have these little watches that track it, but they look on and they can see, oh, I have 140 coins this month. And I have a Tupperware container and it has like six sections, like five coins, 10 coins, 20, 30, 50, 75. And once a month, we lay it all out. Dad is the cashier and they get to go shopping and use all their coins for all these special little things. And some of them are dollar store trinkets and toys. Some of them are a little bit bigger, like a you know, like a fun little audio CD or something like that. But it is like a highlight. And we all sit down in the living room and everyone lays out all their things that they got. And they're like, oh, you picked out that. That's so cool. I was going to get that, you know, or something. And it's just become this fun little monthly tradition for us. Wow, that is so awesome. Okay, so you sound like totally techie, like all your kids have little watches with virtual coins. <laughs> well, it's so funny. They got these, I think an aunt or someone gifted them this watch and it's a step counter. It's just, a, okay. and, and okay. then I realized, like I downloaded the app and realized you could do these other things. So, but I manage the app. So like, they'll come to me at the end of the day and Jude will be like, I unloaded a dishwasher for two points. I made my bed. I brushed my teeth and I took out the trash and I did this. That's 11 points. And I'll just go in the app and add 11 points. And then he okay. watches his watch and the, and the little coins, ding, 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 you know, Leon <laughs> would love that. Yes. Oh, it's so fun. And so it was fun because I mean, it would kind of came from something. I didn't even realize this like tiny little watch. So then we ended up buying the older two, the other to number two and three, a watch to go with it so they could all do it too. Wow, how fun. We'll totally have to look into that. That just sounds awesome. And they're going to take those memories with them forever. So I love that. Okay, so tell me a little bit about I Grew With You. So you wrote this children's book. I want to hear how did you come up with like the concept for the book? It is funny. It makes you super emotional as a mom because you've gone through this. and. I don't know. You just like hit the nail on the head. I felt like as far as encouraging kids and having it be such an enjoyable, memorable read for a mom. Thank you. That's super kind. So I remember the morning I had a pitch to this publisher that had contacted me about a children's book. And we, he just said, I want to have this meeting and I want you to come out with me with like three ideas. And so we had kind of fleshed out three ideas. And that morning I woke up, it was a Thursday morning. And, um, I had kind of been anticipating that I was going to be pregnant. I was hoping. And, you know, so, so I took a test that morning, you know, trying to like, Oh, don't look, wait the full three minutes. I'm going to wait. And anyway, it was positive. And I was like, I'm pregnant. And it was just me. I mean, the boys were home. Like I wasn't going to, Tim was already at work and I got in the shower and the words I grew with you popped in my head, like literally that moment. And I was oh, like, my word. I, I mean, I feel like it must've been the Lord because I was like, gosh, like, wouldn't it be cool? Like, I'm going to go through this whole process again. Wouldn't it be cool to like write about the process? Like, is there, so I started Googling like books on pregnancy just to, you know, cause you want to make sure nothing else oh, is out yeah, there totally. like, that tells the story that I'm like looking through and I could not find a single thing. And I Googled the title, like on everything I could find to make sure there was no title. And so when I got to the meeting and I pitched it, I pitched the three ideas. And then I was like, you know, I have one other, this is totally random. 
I pitched it and he was like, forget the other ideas. Like that is the idea. We have to do that book. And he's like, and how perfect with you going through pregnancy. And so from there, I mean, it just kind of, it was fun to think through. It was fun to map out every month and be like, okay, what happens in month three? Like, what are we, we're hungry. We usually want lots of snacks. Okay. We're going to write about snacks in month three or like, you know, in month, like month seven, like what happens? Oh yeah. Like I am going to the bathroom probably two to three times a night and look at husband over there is just snoring through the night and like, it doesn't even matter. And so we wanted to put in some of those funny elements Um, but also have it be really just an endearing read all the way through. And then, um, through all that too, one of the things, and I think it came from my sisters was they were like, wouldn't it be cool if you could like represent a lot of moms? Like what if the book wasn't just you? Like, because when kids are going to be flipping those pages, they want to see their mom. And so, although you can't, you know, do every single person, we really, we tried to include, and we were able to include nine different moms in the illustrations that represent just like a diverse, because every woman carries differently. Every woman goes through it differently. Every woman looks differently. And I just wanted women and children alike to open the book and a child to be able to turn the page and be like, mommy, she looks like you. Or like that one looks like, you You know, and I wanted that reaction. And then I also just wanted women to feel like, yeah, I'm not just staring at another girl. I'll flip the page, same girl every time. And so I think it brings an element of fun and like surprise because people who have never seen it, like when they open it, they'll notice that, oh my goodness, and there's a different mom and there's a different mom. And it just, it just really, I think represents the beauty of pregnancy, the beauty of motherhood for not only children, but also for women to kind of have that endearing keepsake. I love that so much. And I did feel that way looking through the pages. It was like, oh, this is someone totally different. And it's, yeah. I just love that so much. And you don't realize how much your kids want to read books and you want to read books that represent you until this last year with just like so many different things. We were going to the library and there was like this very small selection because we couldn't go down to like the main library and pick out whatever books we want. So it was like this selection that was already picked for us. And it was a very diverse group that was um, shown in all the different pages, which was great. But there was like no kids that look like my kids for whatever reason, you know? And I was like, I feel like I have a whole new understanding of wanting books to represent you in them. Yes. Because that's what I was craving. Exactly. And everyone wants that. And so I feel like, you know, this is our little slice of that. And I'm really excited. October can't come. I mean, it can't come soon enough, but it can't come (laughs) soon enough because I just want it to be in people's hands so they can see that and feel that and feel what you're saying. Yeah, that's so special. It's it's such a special reading. I feel like it's going to be a big gift. I feel like a lot of people are going to not only want to buy it for themselves, but buy it for someone they know. So I'm super excited. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. I just want to ask you a couple more questions and then we'll close out here. I'll let you go. I know we're both doing this during nap time. You've been amazing. So it's been fun. I've, I've really enjoyed chatting with you. So what's something that you feel like you've gotten really good at or mastered in motherhood, marriage, business, whatever it is, life. Oh goodness. Yeah. Life. Like, I don't know if I've ever mastered anything, but, um, I feel like one thing that I've gotten good at is just sounds funny. Probably, probably like just having fun with my kids. Like that's huge. Like, like being able to, um, 
sit down and read a book in silly voices, being able to, for them to be like, mom, watch this trick. Can you do that? And being like, you know what? I'm going to do that trick. I'm going to show you that your mom can still do that. Or can you, can you come in the pool and slide down that slide and launch me off your shoulders? You know, I just, I think it comes in waves for different mothers, but I feel like in these last couple years, just that season of embracing fun with my boys it, it it now trumps feeling like, oh, I need to be doing this or I need to be, I need to look this way or I need to not get my hair wet or I need to do this. Like just embracing fun has started to trump all of that. And in that, I've just found so much more joyfulness in motherhood and so much more joyfulness for like who my boys are, what they love, you know, whether that's playing a board game or doing a skateboard trick, like whatever yeah. it is that I just, I get to see those sides of them and I actually get to be a part of it too. That is so cool. I just love how one, you have the appreciation for your boys to be like, you know what, if they enjoy something, then there's something worth enjoying in that. And I think that so often with like the talk that we hear around middle schoolers, high schoolers, you know, as your boys are just growing up, it's just, there's nothing to be enjoyed about this stage. There's nothing enjoyable about what they do. And so just to have that mindset from the beginning of like, oh, well, I can have fun with them because they are fun. It's just, it's a novel idea in in the world we're living in. And they they start it from the beginning, you know, because they'll say, oh, has your kid hit the terrible twos yet? And I'm like, you know, and so we started playing around and um, one of my sister-in-laws started saying like, what if it was the terrific twos? Like, what if it was this, you know, and she started going on and she said like, you can look forward to each and every year. And I was thinking, yeah, I want to embrace that. I don't want to like, why would I want to be a Debbie Downer about it? Like, let me embrace the fact that my child's two and there's a whole world of fun that they're going to learn now. And again, doesn't negate the moments that you have, but oh, it, yeah. it just adds value. It just adds value to who they are and it makes it better. And it makes it so much more purposeful and fulfilling. I feel like when there are those hard times, cause you're like, you know what? I'm working towards something that's very rewarding. Not like this is a throwaway. Like I'm wasting my life. Absolutely. That's how I would feel. I love that. (laughs) Yep. I love that. So I just want to end on one question and that is what's something that you're still working on? I think it's encouraging for moms to hear. I feel like, you know, I've said it before, you never arrive in motherhood because I feel like, oh, I've learned this, but like uh, I I keep learning it. I keep growing in this, you know? And so I think you, you've had a lot of success in motherhood and what's something that, you know, you're still in the process of. Yeah. I think the funny thing is like, you know, those successes, like they're coming out of the failures, you know, they're coming out of not the failures, but they're coming out of the less than moments. That's what I try to say. The less than moments that I'm trying to, you know, restore in my life and redeem in my life. But I think one of the things I'm still working on is just the art of flexibility. Um, You know, it's, it's easy to think, well, I know how a baby functions. So everything's going to be the same with this baby. It's all going to go, you know, and then life throws your loop and you're like, oh goodness, that wasn't like my last baby. Like I didn't realize that. And the same goes as your kids go through this childhood moment. And I'm really, especially learning it through homeschooling because I'm realizing my first child is vastly different than my second child and how they learn. And so I, you know, and at first I wanted to know you're going to do the same thing. We're going to do the same handwriting drills. You're going to get this down. And just this past year, it was a learning curve for me to realize like, you know what, I can reevaluate what I'm doing based on either the child or based on how they're learning or based on their needs. And it starts with me. It doesn't start with them. Like they're unique in their own way already. 
but how am I going to adjust as a mother? How am I going to change up my schedule? How am I going to change up my attitude towards them to be able to meet their needs? And um, so I think that's an ongoing thing. And I think as even as I add in, like I was saying, Chase into our bunch and as each one kind of comes up in different areas, I feel like I'm going to learn that even more and keep learning it over and over and over again until I never arrive. Like you said, yeah. until I keep arriving. Yeah. The joy's in the journey. Right. And that's, I love how you have that. I think something that you have as a, as a more veteran mother is you can look back and be like, okay, I felt like this before. Or I've had these less than moments before. There is something that good that comes out of them when I persevere. And you have that track record to look back on, which is really encouraging. I, I feel like I'm building my own. I mean, I don't feel like, feel like I don't feel like a veteran yet, but maybe just, maybe just a little, you know, up to age nine. Okay. Well, yeah, you're a veteran of me. And then, um, yeah. yeah, I know there's always someone further ahead that we can learn from. And I love that. I love that. Okay. So where can people find, I grew with you. And then where can people find more of you to learn from you, follow your family? So in terms of I agree with you, you can head to our publisher site, which is Good and True Media. Um, that's okay. pretty easy to remember, goodandtruemedia.com. Or it's on Amazon, which is kind of surreal to be able to type in like Sarah Molitor. I agree with you on Amazon and have that pop up. Um, oh. So I know a lot of Amazon shoppers out there. I'm one of them. So that makes it really easy if you want to find it there. And in terms of our family life, we really locate that on Instagram. You know, you know, sharing the day to day. Oh, yeah. Following you too. And that's at Modern Farmhouse Family. And then a few months back, we launched a website called modernfarmhousefamily.com. And what I love about that is that when people say, oh, could you save that? Oh, could you put that at, you know, in a permanent oh, place? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, it expires in 24 hours. So, but now we have this permanent place where we share, you know, some things we do share on Instagram and some things we don't that are just extras. So both of those places and we... It is my joy to connect with people. I love it. I love messaging people. So I love when people reach out and they're like, hi. You are the best at messaging. I don't know how you do it. You get back to me all the time. I'm just like, how on earth is she doing this? So I have major you props. in a special folder. You're in a special folder where I'm like, oh, that's what? Yeah, she's in a special oh. folder. <laughs> well, now I'm super happy. Yeah. Uh, and also I need to learn how to do that because I don't have any special <laughs> folder. I need to figure that out. Um, awesome. So I will put the links in the show notes to directly where people can go to follow you and to find I Grew With You. Thank you so much for jumping on with me today, Sarah. Oh, thank you. You are an incredible host. And I mean, just so people know, you're as wonderful in person as you are behind the screen on your videos and your stories. So thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being on here today. 